Well, we've been in an amazing series called Flow, and this is the final week. It's the final part of our series. So let me ask you to stand to your feet. Let's welcome Paul as he comes to bring the message this morning. It's great. Come on. Uh, It's also great to welcome Sutton this morning. We've got a whole bunch of people out in Sutton this morning. This for us, Icon Church is a seven service weekend. Seven services across this weekend and uh, we do that every once a month. Most weekends, we're we're a little bit more relaxed, just six services. Uh, But this weekend is seven service weekend. So I want to say hello. If you don't know me in Sutton or you're new here and you don't know me here, my name's Paul and together with Jeannie, we're pastors here at Icon Church. So it's so great to be together. And if you are new today, uh, either here or in Sutton, or if you're watching online, we want to give you a huge welcome. Come on, why don't we welcome every person that's new and you can take your seats. It's so good. This, this service, we stream every week online and we don't advertise it. We only stream it because um, 20, about 20 weeks of the year, we connect all our locations up uh, here in Chesterfield, Sutton, Sheffield and Derby. So right now there are four icon services happening. We connect them all up for about 20 weeks of the year and that's why we stream it. And because we do that, we decided to stream the 11 o'clock every service and we get hundreds of people who find us somehow online and watch us every week. So it's so good. So as Gavin said, this is the last part of this sermon series called Flow. And uh, the idea of this sermon series called Flow is based on a story in the Old Testament. And people have said how much they've enjoyed just sticking with one passage uh, within the Bible for a period of time and going into some of the detail because it's... Uh, possible for us just to read stories in the Bible, just to read passages in the Bible and just to skip over them. But sometimes I think when there's detail, God wants us to pause and he wants us to stop and just to see and to pick out some of the things that he might be saying to us. You know, that's why the Bible was written so that we could hear God speak. And that's what we've been doing for about four weeks in this series called Flow, which is how to experience God's power in our life today. So there's the Old Testament story. Why don't I read it? We've been reading it all the way through, but why don't I read it just to help us? And as I just open my Bible, it'll come on the screen, um, that big electronic Bible. Um, But before we read it, I'd just love to pray. So Lord, I thank you. I thank you that we're in your house, we're in your presence, and I thank you that we get this opportunity to open up your word. And I know that every person here, you know, every single one, you know personally and individually. And so my prayer right now is that you will do what I know you want to do, and that's speak to each and every one of us. Take something in these next few minutes of my words that actually helps every person that's in our rooms. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. So 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 to 7. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to another prophet called Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as slaves. Basically, she, her husband 
had been working for the prophet. He himself had been a man of God, but he'd got debts and he couldn't pay his debts. So that after his death, the people who were his creditors were coming to take the sons as slaves. You can't imagine how desperate somebody would get. You know, on a baby dedication Sunday, what an incredible desperation this woman must have been in. Verse two says, Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around, ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him. She shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons will live on what's left. Uh, As we've said, we've been talking about this for four weeks and the four ideas that we've brought out of this passage um, are these, that in the first we talked about finding your hidden oil. She didn't think she had anything. In fact, she just thought she had some oil, which I have here, you know, the exact bottle from three and a half thousand years ago via Tesco. And uh, she she just thought, I've got nothing except, that's all I've got. She thought what she had was nothing except, But actually, God never leaves us with nothing. And that's what we thought about in week one, that actually there's always something in our hand. There's always something in our world that God can use. That might be a person. It might be some resource. It can even be a problem that we think is just a real pain in our lives, but that actually God can use it to do something within us. That was the first week. The second week was borrow some jars. And that was she had to go to her neighbours and say, lend me some jars. And that speaks to us the fact that God is going to use other people in our life. And God is going to use us in other people's lives in, in, uh, in this world. That's how it works. The third week was close the door. And Nathan last week spoke about close the door and he kept using the phrase, shut the door, shut the door. And people of a certain age were laughing in that moment. He had no idea why they were laughing, but they were chuckling as he kept using shut the door, shut the door as he's preaching. He's in Sutton today and he had no idea why they were laughing, but I'll just mention Larry Grayson once and then we'll move on. Shut the door. But his message was so great. It was about the atmosphere, that the atmosphere we live in. And wasn't it a great atmosphere of worship here today? The atmosphere we live in is so powerful. And today I just want to talk for a few minutes, lastly, about the last idea, which is this, pour the oil. And that speaks to us about acting boldly, having a bias to action, that she had to come to a place, this woman, where Elisha had told her what to do, but she would have to come to the place where she actually poured the oil. I was thinking about um, bold action in my life and I was thinking way back, 34 years actually, thinking about 34 years back when I asked Jeannie out. Uh, Jeannie, who's my 
wife and um, I'd met Jeannie at an interchurch barbecue and uh, yes, I'd met Jeannie at an interchurch barbecue and I thought I like you. We then went back to uh, the house of the person she worked for and I thought I liked you, I like you more and then I thought how do, how do I make this work? I was, I was shy, I was not very good with girls, I'd not really been interested in girls at all until that point, there were more important things in life like football and things like that, they, you know there they were other things that, but this girl had grabbed my attention and, uh, and so I thought I know what I'll do, I'll invite her to my church because she went to a different church one weekend I'll invite her to come and then we'll invite, I'll invite her to my <clears throat> mum's house for dinner and we'll go for dinner and then we'll go a walk and this walk will take an hour. I know that this walk will take an hour and on the, at the start of the walk, I'll ask her if she'll be my girlfriend and if she'll go out. I know, I know, I'm just trying to compete with Gavin and Jane and uh, if you don't know who Gavin and Jane are, you will. And uh, I'll just... Um, <laughs> I just try and, uh, and I'll ask her and then we'll have this one hour walk through the woods by the stream holding hands together. Uh, when the day actually came, I invited her to the church. She said yes. I invited her to lunch. She said yes. I'm thinking it's going all right so far. Would you like to go for a walk? There's this great walk through the woods. It takes us past the stream. It takes about an hour. Yes. And uh, so off we went. And so it began. We're walking but I could not bring myself to ask her out. 10 minutes went by, 20 minutes went by, 30 minutes went by, 40 minutes went by, 50 minutes went by, and then we're five minutes away from the house. And I finally, sweating like mad, heart beating like crazy, you know, like, like a cartoon, out my chest, I said, would you go out with me? I don't know what I said. Well, I do know what I said exactly, but that would be another story because anyway, I haven't got time for that. Anyway, I know what I said. She said yes, and so we had three minutes of holding hands <laughs> and walking back. Uh, but I'm talking about boldness this morning and boldness uh, having a bias to action. You know, bold is an act. Bold is an act. I know on the first week I, 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 took, I took the oil and I said, you know, we don't, quite know, or we know, although we know more than we think we know perhaps, but we don't quite know when the oil began to multiply, that as the woman was pouring the oil, and of course she, by now she's got a house full of jars, so she's got these jars from her neighbours, like if this doesn't work, we'll all know about it, because she's got jars from her neighbours. You know, some people are very dismissive of these kind of stories, but you've got to think about the number of people that knew about these things <clears throat> and actually have, have never, uh, didn't deny them back in history. But let's think about this, that she's pouring the oil. When, when does the miracle that Elisha said is going to happen, happen? I wonder if she got to that place and thought, well, we're not just nervous about starting, but look, look. I wondered this week, we actually know more than we think, but I did wonder this week whether she got to this place. Whether she got to this place and it's still not multiplied. And her boldness 
at that point was, what do I do now? I wonder if she got there and it still hadn't multiplied and she had to do this. Until she saw the multiplication. Now we actually know that it was out of this jar that the miracle happened because the Bible says that, and we read it this morning, that she poured the oil, she kept bringing the jars, and then when, when she fills the jar, she says, bring me another one, and the son says there aren't any more, that the multiplication happens somewhere as she's pouring out of the oil, out of the, the, the oil out of the jar. But the point is, boldness is an act. The other thing is, boldness is persistent. Imagine, imagine filling the first jar and seeing like a, a well, look, seeing that kind of multiplication and then seeing two jars, three jars. But she had a house full of jars from her neighbours. Boldness is persistence. It's keeping going. It's keeping moving forward. Boldness is also obedience. In this story, Elisha gives her a process. He says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to your neighbours I want you to fetch some jars. I want you to get your children involved. Send them round to the neighbours to get jars. Then he says, I want you to close the door. He's quite specific about the process that she should go through to see this miracle. Shut the door and then pour the oil. So boldness is obedience. It was her willingness to do things how God had said to do them. Boldness is also a step you know, taking a step. I, I still feel that this woman would have felt incredibly nervous to begin to pour that oil. What if it doesn't work? My children are going to be slaves. It's a step. It's going forward into the unknown. I think in Icon Church, we've got this culture. We've got this culture of stepping out, of having a go, of experimenting, of stepping into the unknown. I've already talked about how we stream worship and we've got four locations that we stream that worship to those four different sites. We stream our preaching weekly. It's a step. Since Easter, we've gone full service in this service, 11 o'clock, with kids here in Chesterfield. And we've done that for two reasons. One, we want to impact and help families more than we've ever done before. We want to impact children more than we've ever done before. So we've given the children more time. Um, in, in goo and in the children's ministry, but also we're creating space for more people in, in our church so that we can reach more people. So we've got this kind of culture. We've, we've said already that next year on Good Friday, we're going to do double services. You know, this year, like the year before, we had a great crowd in Good Friday services. But so next year we said, let's do two Good Friday services, not just one. So we take a step. And we step out. Sometimes when you take a step, not everything works, does it? Not everything works the way you want, but you take a step. And I loved that new song, that first song this morning, because it talked about we don't look back, but we keep going forward. That even when we take a step and maybe it doesn't work the way we thought it would work, we actually take another step and we keep going forward. So bold is taking a step. Bold is a faith step. It's a step of faith. It's a step into the unknown. She'd got Elisha's word, but that's all she'd got. She's got Elisha's instructions, do this. But she had to have faith that God was speaking through Elisha. 
And so her boldness was beginning to pour that oil. And bold is also faithful. Being faithful, never underestimating the power of being consistent. So I thought today I would just share three bold actions. Three bold actions that I think you and I can take in our life and experience God, God's power. Uh, three bold actions that people here in Chesterfield, people online, people in Sutton, that we can take to experience God's power. Here's the first, a bold ask, a bold ask. I mean, can you remember the last time you were really nervous to ask for something, to really ask for something? Can you remember why you were nervous? I mean, I, I, I told you the story of me asking Jeannie if she'd be my girlfriend, if she'd go out with me. And I can rethink at that time, you know, it took me all that time around that walk to actually pluck up the courage to say, will you go out with me? Will you be my girlfriend? Because I feared three things. I had the fear of rejection. What if she says no? What if she says no? I had the fear of disappointment that comes with that. I mean, now I'd have a different view. Now I'd think, well, look what she's missing. <laughs> That's what I'd think now. I wouldn't have that fear anymore. Now I'd think, well, like you're lost, girl, you know, you know. But actually back then I knew the truth. Back, back then I knew the truth, look what I would miss out on, that's, that's what happened. I had the fear of rejection, the fear of disappointment, the fear also of what's beyond the ask. What if she says no, then I've got to go through this whole process again with another girl. I've told you already, I wasn't very good with girls, I didn't find myself very comfortable with girls, uh, I liked them as boys can like girls, you know what I mean? Let's not delve into that detail too much. But there was a fear on the, what happens if the person says no in that. I felt so anxious and I felt so nervous. This woman had to be bold. Firstly, to ask Elisha, can you help me? To cry out to Elisha. But then when Elisha didn't immediately solve the problem. He said, you're going to have to ask your neighbours for some jars. Imagine the nervousness of that. She sends her sons out. And I'm pretty sure when they knocked on the door and, and, and they said, look, we, my mum needs some jars. Can we borrow some jars? I'm sure there'd be some neighbours who said, what for? Yeah. I'm sure there was the odd neighbour who said, oh, I'm you know, I can only give you this one. I'm sure there was the odd neighbour who said, you know, this jar has been in my family for generations. I can't let you use this jar. I, you've got, you, somebody over here has got a jar like that. I can tell, you know, this jar has been in my family. I can't, I, I'm sure, I'm sure she was nervous. What do you tell somebody <clears throat> when they ask what for in that moment? What do, what do you tell them? What was she going to say? You know, there's going to be a miracle. I, like, what would she say? We've no idea. Can we borrow some jars? She had to be bold and she had to ask. And you know, the Bible speaks to us about the fact that this is so important, that we are bold and that we ask. Jesus taught 
I'm just going to read a couple of verses from Matthew chapter 7. He's teaching about prayer to his disciples, his followers. And he says this, Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. It's Jesus saying, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Sadly, this is a poor translation because we think the trans, but through the translation, it says, ask and you will receive. You know, just like grandkids think, don't they? With grandparents or children, children can think, you know, with parents, ask and you receive. It just happens. But the translation, the, the, the original language is, this would be more true. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and don't stop knocking. That would be a better translation. And so verse eight, we could translate like this. For everyone who persistently asks, receives. And the one who consistently seeks will find. And the one who never stops knocking, to that one the door will be opened. We know from the Greek language that that's the way that that verse really should have been translated. But we also know from what Jesus said around it, where he tells a story about a man coming to a friend, asking for bread at night. And the friend says, I'm in bed. My kids are in bed. My wife's in bed. Don't wake us up. Go away. But the man just keeps on knocking. I need bread. And, his, and Jesus said, because of his persistence, the friend comes down and gives him bread. Ask and keep on asking. Don't quit. And don't downsize your ask. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. I wonder how many times we've asked and because there's been no immediate shift, we've moved on. But Jesus tells us, ask, keep on asking. Seek, keep on seeking. Knock, keep on knocking. And if we have to downsize in a moment, let's realise that that downsizing our ask, it's just temporary. It's just temporary. If in our ask we don't see the immediate change or the immediate shift, that's just temporary. But the ask is leading us to what God wants to do. So I wonder what bold ask are you involved in? What bold ask do you need to make in your life? There's a verse that we read a lot in our church. It's Ephesians 3 and verse 20. And we love to read it from the um, message translation. And it says this, and you'll see it on the screen. It says, God can do anything you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. And it's that last bit I want you to realise that God does it by working within us. He does it by working with us. The ask, the process, the seek, the keep on seeking, is God working with us. Uh, Why didn't Elisha just say, give me that oil, I'll fix your problem? Because God wanted to work with the woman. He didn't just want to work with the woman. 
He wanted to work with her neighbours. They were going to have a story to tell. And maybe we'll come back to that in a few moments. So the first idea is a bold ask. A bold ask. The second idea is a bold invitation. A bold invitation. You know, when the woman goes and sends her sons and says, get some jars, get as many as you can. And they just kept going to the neighbours. Suddenly, all these people got involved in this miracle. It was not just an invitation to help us because we need some jars. It was an invitation to be involved in the miracle. I can imagine there'd be conversations like, what do you need the jars for? There'd be those kind of conversations. There'd be the conversation, this jar's been in my family for generations. No way, you're not having this jar. I wonder if she felt embarrassed at times or the sons felt embarrassed when they asked and they said, well, you know that crazy prophet, Elisha? He told us, he told us to do it. Like I wouldn't have come and asked, but that prophet told us. I I, I wonder, I wonder what conversations. But what we do know is that she reached out and she sent some invitations to people. And that meant that this miracle didn't just happen in her life, it happened in their life. You know, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I was just sat at, sat at home and a couple of people just came to my mind. A couple of people who, you know, I just felt God wants to do something great in their life. You know, there was one person who had come, been to church and they made a decision some, a couple of years ago. And uh, for, for personal circumstances, they'd not really been able to connect with, with church since then. And I thought, I, I want to reach out to them because I just feel God wants to do something amazing in their life. So I'm going to make a bold invitation. And there were a few other people as well. And it was just one of those days where I felt this deeply in my heart. And I felt that these people, God wants to do something great, just like he does in all our lives. Who are here today, who are watching online, who are in all our services. God wants to do something great in our lives. And so I sent some invitations out um, because these people were on my heart. And I knew that God wanted to do something great. And I was able to have some great conversations. One person said to me, because I sent them like that, that's why I'm moving my thumbs. I did it on social media, all right? And uh, one person said to me, I can't believe you've contacted me today. Because I was just thinking, this person's not been in church for a couple of years. I was just thinking, I need to be in church. I need to go back to church. And I just need to get the courage to come again. To church and that invitation that was a couple of weeks ago and I'm going to follow that person up because they've not been just yet but God wants to do something great in their life and so I, I sent that invitation you know it, like I say they've not come yet but my job is the invitation yeah. my job is the invitation And therefore there are people and there are things in your world where you can invite people also to be involved in what God wants to do. I wonder if anyone refused. I think they did. I think some neighbours would say, no, I'm sorry, I, <clears throat> I can't help. But I wonder about the neighbour who gave every jar. I wonder about the neighbour who, the boys knock on the door and they said, oh yes, come, you know, bring your trolley, bring whatever you've got, Let, you know, take this, take this, take this, every jar. And then when she told the story, 
for the rest of their life, that neighbor would have this story. I was involved in a miracle. I was involved in a miracle. You know, we never know what might happen at the other side of an invitation. I want to encourage you to be a bold asker, a master asker. But I also want you to be a constant inviter. Somebody who invites others into what great things you are experiencing. We've got baptisms tonight and already you've been invited to come back and we want to invite all the people in Sutton, come along to the baptisms. We've got people being baptised from Chesterfield, people being baptised from Derby. Baptisms tonight, it's going to be an incredible celebration. And if you're going to be baptised, what a great opportunity for you to invite some friends or some family. For you to say something like, it would mean the world to me if you came to my baptism tonight. Something like that. Something that's simple. We can't guarantee how people will respond, but we can set out the invitation. And the invitation can be the door to God moving and doing a miracle. You might be on a team. You could invite some people. Come and join me. It would mean the world for you to serve with me on this team or come and be part of my connect group, whatever. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me, with me? Would you let me pray for you, those invitations. You know, in every service, it's why we invite people to follow Jesus. We invite people to take a step and to follow Jesus. So bold invitation, a master asker and a bold inviter. And finally, a bold faith in God's word. I don't know if you noticed, but you see this woman took Elisha's word, Elisha's do this, as if God was speaking to her. And so she had faith in God's word. She had faith in her circumstances. Her circumstances were real. That if she didn't find a solution and there was no solution, her children were going to be taken as slaves. She knew that would happen. She had faith in that reality, those circumstances. She had faith in what she had. I don't have anything except this jar of oil. 250 milliliters of Tesco finest olive oil. No, not finest, versatile olive oil. Whatever versatile olive oil means. She had faith that I've not got anything, I've just got some oil. She had faith in the problem, the situation, because that was real. But here's what she chose. She chose to put more faith in what she couldn't see in God's word than in what was real. You see, if she just lived by what was real, she would thought, well, that's, that's not going to do it. That's not going to do it. But she put faith in God's word. You know, there are always voices that speak into our lives and there are always situations that speak to us. And they're real and we can have faith in them. But there's this other voice. It's called the voice of God that speaks to us. And that that is actually more real. Is more real. You know, all of my kids and I guess there was a time in my life where my voice was the most powerful as a dad in all of my kids' lives. And, um, you know, lots of mums don't they lots of parents perhaps say like wait till your dad gets home 
to the kids because the dad's voice is a powerful voice. But there's also lots of dads who say, wait till your mum gets home because that's the most powerful voice in their life. But you know, there can come a day in the lives of your kids where the other voices are more powerful than your voice. That could be the voice of their friends, their peers. That voice becomes more powerful in their life. And suddenly you realise there's been a shift that where once your voice was the most powerful, it's now their friends. It can be celebrities. I mean, I, I, I joked, you know, about the fact that one day I'm going to get Nathan up here on stage. He's in Sutton. He's listening. I said I wasn't going to say it, but he, I will. And I was going to tell him how to dress. And then you could see how that does not work anymore. You know, because he would tell me where to go, not just how to dress. He'd say, Dad, look what you're wearing. You know, don't tell me how to dress or whatever. Because there's a day when there are other voices that become more powerful. But I want to say that for you and I, God never wants that day to come. And maybe that day has come in your life and that's been your life where you've not really listened to the voice of God. Well, today can be a shift for you where you can move into something else. I don't want to freak you out, but can I do something like, I wonder, could you do blue lights here? Any chance you could do blue lights? Shazam. Hello. Blue. Oh, awesome. Amy, come and stand here. You see, her circumstances was this world. And it was very real, this world. But there was another world that's signified by being the other side of Amy. That's God's world. She believed that world was more real than this world. And so she listened to that voice and not this voice. Why did we go blue? Because I think that if we were able to step into that world and we looked at blue, we'd say, oh, that's what blue's like. I know I'm freaking you out right now, aren't I? You see, in this world, blue is like that. I think they've even changed the shade of blue since I last looked. There's a miracle happening before our eyes. But I don't believe we've seen blue yet. I believe there's this kingdom of heaven that's more real than this world, blue. Grass, is there any chance you guys could just make some grass appear on here right now? Because we all look at grass and we say that's grass. But we've not seen grass yet. Because there's grass in that world that's way more real than grass in this world. Well, I'll stop there because I don't want to freak you out too much this morning. But the point is, we need to listen to God's voice. Because God's voice is more real than this voice. You might be facing circumstances right now in your life You might have come in here today discouraged. God wants to tell you that you matter and that He loves you and that He's for you and He's got a plan for your life. You've heard it in the songs. You've heard it in the service. God wants to 
speak into your life and His Word is more real than this world. Why don't you stand together? Let's stand together because I'd love to pray and then we're going to just worship together and I'll just come back in a moment. So Father, I pray right now, maybe there's a bold ask that we need to take in this moment. There's a bold ask that we need to step into. We need to, we may have stopped asking and seeking and searching for certain things, but you're encouraging us today to keep asking, to keep seeking, to keep knocking. And I pray that we'll do that. Maybe there are some bold invitations that we can open the door and invite and make some bold invitations. And maybe today we need to put more faith in Your Word than in the circumstances or the situations around us. I ask You, God, to help us and to lead us in Jesus' Name. And everyone said, Amen. Church, let's worship together.